recording a semi Christmas episode. Kind of, kind of Christmas. There's a little bit of Christmas. There's there was a Secret Santa surprise. There, there was, there was. So this is a give me five kind of Christmas. And I'm the second time in a row that you've named the episode before we've even started for the rest of the episode. It's our kind of Christmas. Anyway, this is the Give Me Five podcast, episode number 267, 267, brought to you by, that's right, the Give Me Five podcast patrons. kind of entertaining show about some entertaining things we talk about things like pop culture entertainment news movies music books florida kind of whatever catches our eye for the week my name is magical mary claus and i'm joined by i'm joined by we're gonna see if they can figure out who is who glitzy buttons that's me that's gotta be me that's absolutely me that that is in fact with the you. sheer amount of with the sheer amount of glitter that I have in my house right now. There's no one else that could be glitzy buttons. And okay, that's fair. Fancy snickerdoodle. <laughs> Hello, ladies and germs. Those are elf names. They are elf names, and I use those with an elf name creator, where they they basically took the first letter of your first name and the month you were born, and you created. Them. Okay. Combine those together to get your elf. There it is. And then stole our information and are going to use it to pump ads directly to our phones that are going to make me want to buy things. Ha! Mm-hmm. Joke's on them. I gave them all Omar's information. Oh, Thank nice. you. I like spending money on gadgets, so I appreciate it. This week, we're going to talk about... Well, maybe we'll talk about it, unless you guys want to wait until one of y'all have seen it. But I went and saw Avatar The Way of Water. We are going to talk about The Christmas Dragon. We're going to talk about Weird, the Al Yankovic story, and whatever that horrible thing is that Omar watched. I have my popcorn ready for that. <laughs> um, Angry yeah. Omar. Angry Omar. I mean, I, Angry Omar. I should be mad. I, I should be mad, but uh, I'm just, just giving sad, up at this I point. Guess. Yeah. it's. But we'll get to that later when I... He's given completely spoil all the garbage about the show. Uh, but generally, though, like regularly, we try not to do spoilers, but it is a spoiler. It is a review show. So spoilers could happen. Um, if we're talking about something that you haven't seen yet or read or listened to, please follow your discretion, especially if um, you know you really want to see Avatar but haven't yet. Um, let's see what's happening. Uh, what's happening in Florida hmm. in our own backyards. So I have an interesting one. Huh. The headline <laughs> Florida man 
18 accidentally shoots woman twerking at possible house party, police say. So okay. there's more in the story. However, when I read the the headline, I was like, "Possible house party? <laughs> what? <laughs> what actually qualifies as a possible house party?" Apparently, there was a large party, and it had a bunch of people at it. They were serving alcohol to minors and whoever the hell was there. I Omar, this sounds so familiar. I would say that qualifies <laughs> as a house party. What about that is possible? Is that like saying uh, allegedly? <laughs> was there a Romanian standing on top of some kitchen cabinets? Funny you should ask, oh. because there wasn't <laughs> a Romanian standing on top. No, there was no Romanian standing on top. Of and then it's not a party. Uh, fair enough. Now, yeah, fair. The the other thing about this article that made me laugh when I clicked on it, and I was like, all right, so this is going in, was that underneath the headline, the subheadline, police say he still tried to get her number after the fact. <laughs> that takes some balls, bro. Yeah. That, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> she Wait, was Where did he shoot her? Did she, he shoot her in the butt? In the back. He... He was, you know, he was, they, they were all, there was a whole bunch of people there with guns, apparently, and they were kind of waving them around, and and they, they were all, like, underage or whatnot, and, you know, they were waving it around, they were kind of careless, they were all drinking, so drinking and guns, you know, absolutely go together, but anyway, she was, she was dancing with him, she was twerking, and she tried to move the gun or whatever, and it, it shifted or something, and he shot her in the back, like, he reached down and moved it or some shit and shot her in the back, I don't even know, the I, they don't really go into the specifics there of what happened, but they waited a month to arrest him. I'm like, what the? What they the wait for shit? him to get sober? Was he that drunk? I <laughs> took him a month. They gave him a month to sober up, but two days after it happened, I guess he uh, he reached out on social media uh, on Instagram and says, "I am truly sorry." That shit was never intended to happen, especially to you. If there's any way I can get a second chance and talk to you on the phone, can you please let me know and send your number? Wow. <laughs> takes some fucking balls, doesn't it? That's amazing. Wow. No word as to whether or not they I'm, actually I, got I, I'm just going to come out and say it. The dude looks like Black Sideshow Bob. He really does, doesn't he? <laughs> He's got the Sideshow Bob like hair. Yep. Yes, he does. Huh. Nice. So maybe who, he thought that she was Bart Simpson. Ugh. Yeah. So eighteen-year-old Marquise Thomas. Yeah, uh, he had a firearm in his possession. It discharged and fired around, striking her in the back. Everybody was. Everybody there was saying it just kind of went off. It it was an accident, according to the witnesses at the party. They're saying it was an accident. The gun accidentally went off, but still, <clears throat> yeah, I know I shot you, but hey, hook me up with your number, baby. <laughs> I mean, admittedly, there's so many women that write to like serial killers and and criminals in jail. 
that like I guess you got to shoot your shot. No pun intended there. And you've it's got plausible. A, mm-hmm. Yeah, like maybe she's into people that shoot her. But I'm glad she okay. didn't die. And I I love or or I, become paralyzed. I yeah. scrolled down. I just scrolled down and looked at the comments. There's there's actually five comments. The the first comment in the in the uh, in the comment section is, "What is a possible house party?" Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and a very legitimate question. So, Marquise Thomas, <sighs> you are this week's welcome to Florida. Kind of intrigued about the house party movie coming out. Oh, I have not seen a trailer for that. You know what I did see? I see a- two trailers for it, actually. There's there's a regular trailer that's like, this is all we can show you from the new movie. And then there's the Red Band trailer. And it's actually like, there's some really funny LeBron James stuff in there, because I guess he's the producer. But it's like, he, it's completely self-deprecating. It's like him making fun of himself where he, like he's got a hologram in his in his closet. Oh, you know what? I have seen that trailer. Never mind. He's got a hologram in his closet, but like you if you saw the one trailer um actually I think you did see that trailer cuz where he's talking about like his hairline. It's like your hairline's perfectly fine. It's not receding. Yeah. Yeah, you saw the red band trailer with me when we saw the that uh, You handled Santa the decision to go to Miami perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> Love that kind of stuff. Um like the, what I did see that I and I don't know that I've mentioned this because um, I've seen it a couple of times now. I saw it again when I went to see Avatar, the trailer for the new Mario movie. Have you seen that? Ah, uh, yes. Oh, is it good? No. There's, there's... <laughs> no, it is not. No, how in the hell? I mean, I know they did <laughs> it with it Bob good. Hoskins, but how in the hell are you going to have an animated <laughs> Mario that doesn't have an Italian accent? yeah it, it sounds like you or me just talking on the mic i'm like what the f-? they really wanted chris pratt for the name and i i don't think i've ever seen an animated movie for the voice acting ever like like i'm I'm not gonna decide to see an animated movie because a certain celebrity is a voice actor right i might actually see it because a voice actor is a voice actor yes but I mean, from the very first, from the very first scene of the trailer, when when Mario comes tumbling through the uh, the pipe portal or whatever the hell it is, and and he stands up and goes, "Whoa, where am I?" I was like, "No, no, what is that shit?" <laughs> I was so mad. It, it is weird. It's jarring. I was like, "What is this?" You've got to be shitting me. I think a whole movie with "It's a Me, Mario" would be kind of annoying, though. Well, yeah, if that's happy. all he said the entire movie, but there needs to at least be some kind of Italian accent. Like he needs to be like like Brooklyn Italian or like a you know like Little Italy Italian. <laughs> but he needs Can't to have some kind of Italian here? accent. <laughs> exactly, oh, that's really funny. I'm like, what the? Um, it looks actually it looks pretty cute. I'm excited about that. Shut your mouth. You keep that excitement. Okay. Yes. Moving on, <laughs> I think we actually are uh, doing topics. Well, we talked about patrons earlier. We did. Uh, we have ha- patrons. We hope our patrons are having a Merry Christmas. If you are not a patron, we don't uh, maybe you could Christmas. become a patron. And then we'll hope you have uh, a Merry Christmas. Yeah, otherwise, no. Or maybe you can ask for a, pa- a patronage uh, <laughs> like as a gift. 
Like, sure, you might, I don't know, want a new Razor or a video game or what else? What, what are people giving as gifts these year? Um, tickle Me Elmo, I think. I think yeah, Tickle Me Elmo. Um, <laughs> a, uh, some something called Rudolph the Red-Nosed Butt Plug is what I what was on <laughs> Mars Santa list, which is weird, but, you know. I put that on like 15 different Santa lists. Perhaps one of those yeah. newfangled Fucking... phonographs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, you can give me get a, a a patron a patronage. Join our Patreon. Yes, patreon.com slash oh, give me good. five podcast where you get a chance to chill out in our chat room. Uh you get to learn about stuff. You get to answer questions, like our top five question. Uh and I really, 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 really want people to start asking questions that we can answer because we are the experts now, having gone two hundred and sixty something episodes. Are we though? I really want to do like I want. I want to start getting some emails from you people, where we can answer questions like you know just fun stuff like you know the the old one uh, who would win Knight Rider or Airwolf, that kind of thing. Oh, please, yeah. Knight Rider. Sorry, not even real. <laughs> Optimus Prime or Willie Stargell, who would win? Oh come on! I don't know. Everybody. I don't even know who the fuck Willie Stargell is. He's a Optimus big, wins. He was a baseball player Airwolf from wins. the seventies. <laughs> Oh, wait, from the 70s? Optimus yeah. has no chance. <laughs> yeah, he, there's so much cooking. He's from the We Are Family <laughs> Pittsburgh Pirates of like 1978. Mm-mm. Okay, that was really a, was a random reference. And Knight Rider good. would win. You're incorrect. <gasps> oh. How dare you. My Podcast. first thought was Knight Rider, and then I was like, wait a second. Podcast Airwolf turmoil. Air superiority. <laughs> have you Airwolf has the high ground, bitch. Jump. <laughs> I have. Doesn't jump that high. <laughs> yes, he does. Shut up. He doesn't have missiles either. Yes, and he, he does. doesn't have. I was just gonna say heat seeking missiles. Yes, he does. He has those little. He has those little. No, he's got things. a laser thing. That's it. No, that's not he true. Have... He does have missiles. I've seen him shoot them. Kit I'm gonna go out there okay. with some missiles. You can jump, and we'll see who wins. <laughs> Kit everything. And he's. I wanted to. <laughs> All right, I wanted to say kid. I really did. Like when I first heard the question, but you but, wanted to be right, so you said Airwolf. But I, yeah, well, so I went with Airwolf because it's like this is know. America, and you are in fact allowed to be right. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. That's very cool of you. What I do know is that America has Airwolf and Knight Rider on their side. So. Well, right, so true. we're going to keep winning. Hashtag and Optimus winning. Prime. <clears throat> Optimus Prime. Okay. So, moving on. Uh, we have stuff to review. So, um, Knight Rider blood and Airwolf DNA. <laughs> uh, we have we have uh, stuff to review here. Uh, so, I, I assigned something, and then they decided to put some new windows in my house. So, I kind of didn't get a chance to also partake. Um, I wanted, with podcast, I, we kind of wanted to do like a Secret Santa thing where we assigned terrible Christmas movies to each other. But I just we just didn't get a chance to do it because we've been busy. But the reason why I thought this idea up was because of the movie called The Christmas Dragon, uh, which was a mystery science theater movie. Uh, that so I saw it with people heckling, mm. and um, it had you know dragons and uh, medieval stuff and demons and other such things, and uh, I was like, "Let's watch this." And then I didn't get a chance to rewatch it because I suck, but. Um, Rob, uh, tell us about the Christmas dragon. All right. Well, 
The Christmas Dragon was released in November of 2014, November 7th to be precise, and it was directed by John Lyde, and it does star Bailey Michelle Johnson, Harris Warner, David DeVellier, uh, Ruby Jones, Jacob Buster, Jake Stormowen, Melanie Stone, Talon Ackerman, Adam Johnson, Rennie Grames, Danny James, Paul D. Hunt, and Eve Morrow. And real All these names sound the, all uh, of these names sound like uh things that people would call into a bar. Like they're like prank calls for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> like they don't like especially when you got to Paul D. Hunt. Like wait, I was just like gonna say that. Yeah. Paul D. Hunt. <clears throat> yeah. Um anyway, sorry, continue. The, the the basic synopsis is a group of orphans go on a journey to restore the lost magic and save Christmas. And legit, that's pretty much what the movie is about. <laughs> it's it's very straightforward. And Greg, you're going to be very disappointed because this this movie wasn't near as bad as what I expected it to be. Damn it. If that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, the, the, we'll be honest. The movie was not good. It was not good, but the, there were some parts that I was like, huh, this is, this is a lot like those, those like D&D stories or movies that I read as a kid or that I watched where you had a, a group of people, whether it be kids, adults, whatever, you had a group of people who go on a quote unquote quest. And as the quest progresses, they meet people along the way who help them out with certain situations and then those people then join their quest. So they they add people along the road as they progress with their quest. So they um it's a group of orphans, right? And once they stupid unquote, orphans. Come up, what's that? Stupid orphans. And once they quote unquote come of age, they're basically sold into a profession. Um, most because most kids are go into their family's profession, but when you're an orphan, your family you don't have a family who has a profession, so you basically get sold into slavery, so to speak, because these the the kids were headed to the mine, um, and they were just going to work them to death, basically. And I don't even remember how it was Christmas got involved. And at the very beginning of the movie, it's really weird because at the very beginning of the movie, this girl's parents are killed by dragons. And then like later in the movie, that's the only thing she knows about dragons. And then later in the movie, she meets this dragon and immediately they become friends. And I'm like, how in the, what the, what the shit just happened? I don't, I don't even know. But they save a dragon from a group of hunters and the dragon kind of joins their journey as well. And I'm like, oh my god, it's a little merry band of orphans just traveling along, restoring Christmas magic. <laughs> um, the acting. My first was- thought was, how did this movie actually get made? Not the podcast, but like the actual thing. The um, acting was absolutely. And now, as you're describing it, I'm like, wow, it's quite the pitch. Yeah, the 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 acting was absolutely terrible. Um, but. I, I I mean the the bait. I can see the basic outline. Like I said, the basic outline of the stories that I grew up with as a kid. They were fairly basic, really straightforward. Start a quest, pick up friends, finish your quest. That's how it worked. And 
I mean, like I said, I didn't, I didn't hate it. It's a shame. It wasn't. It wasn't good. <laughs> um, like they ended up using the dragon to help them deliver Christmas presents because they got to Santa and all the Christmas magic was gone and Santa was dying, so they had to restore faith in Christmas. So they wrapped up all the presents that had been prepared and just delivered all the presents. Now I have no idea how they knew where all the fucking kids lived because they just went to villages. And they were calling out names, and all the kids were like, oh, I know where that house is. And they would deliver all the presents. And I'm like, did Santa leave a map? What happened? How did we... How do they know where everybody lives? What is this? What the hell were they giving his presents? Like, oh, yay, it's plague blankets. Yeah, awesome. pretty much. <laughs> it, little, like, little, like, human hair toys and shit. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but An orc head. Yeah, and you know the the Christmas magic was was leaving, and the elves were turning evil, and el- apparently elves without Christmas magic become goblins. Oh, and I'm like, I remember that part. I'm like, you know, that's interesting. That's not a bad take, actually. I I actually yeah, yeah. I actually kind of appreciated that. I'm like, oh, that that's actually kind of creative. I like that. So, I mean, like I said, it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend watching it because <laughs> it wasn't good but i believe it's free it is free on a- it, amazon prime and on tubi and it's on free on tubi uh if you want to watch it with people making fun of it you can watch it on mystery science theaters uh, uh the gizmoplex app but i believe that costs like 2.99 or something like that but you get to see people make fun of it so yeah, well, I was hoping it'd be worse. What did, what did you think like, of it, Greg? Um, I mean, it was definitely caught off guard by the ridiculousness of the dragons in general. Like, they definitely kind of looked like a lot like the ones from How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah, they really did. Like, hey, I we, thought that's what it was. Did this come out before How to Train Your Dragon or after? Uh, it came out somewhere in the space of when, like, there was, like, the first two or something, and then, like, the third one came out. Okay, so, so the first one out. had already come out, so they had a model to build their dragon off of. Yeah, pretty much. Gotcha. The fir- like, the first time I saw that thing flying, I was like, oh, it is toothless. <laughs> it kind of looks like when they, I think there's a part where it, like, flies straight up. Like, from, like, the in a canyon or something. And I was like, toothless. But, um, yeah, it was one of those things that was not bad enough to be hilarious. Uh, but not good enough to be good. Not good enough to recommend. Yeah, true. Uh, but I, I do, I did want to watch it again without people making fun of it because Mystery <clears throat> Science Theater does chop things up. Oh, that's up. true. They do edit it for for yeah, so because it has to get under two hours with all the commercial breaks and stuff like that. Yeah, so they cut about thirty minutes out of any movie. I didn't. I mean, that makes sense. Never knew that, though. Yeah. And then they get rid of nudity. Was there any nudity in the Christmas dragon that I yeah. missed? Uh, it's a shame. I'm very into naked dragons. Hey, well, it, <laughs> it was a bunch of underage orphans, so the nudity probably would have not gone over well. No, I didn't want to see the orphans naked. I wanted to see the dragons naked. Uh, the dragon was naked, probably. Yeah, the dragon didn't have any clothes on. Okay, well, maybe I will watch that. Melon porn to dragon porn. <laughs> Gratuitous dragon action. 
<laughs> is there any other type? <sighs> well, since you weren't angry enough at that, um, Omar, you want to uh, talk you know, about... Uh... Yeah, I mean, I don't even know what to say about it. But I'm I'm past ang- angry. I'm uh, angry. I don't know. Uh, so I was all I was all excited because uh, I really like those National Treasure movies. Um, I I mean they weren't great, but I'm kind of a history nerd, and I I don't know they were fun. So when I found out uh, National Treasure, I yeah, I like the movies. They're good. Uh, Book of Secrets came out on uh, Amazon. And it's uh, it came out on twelve fourteen, so on the fourteenth of this month, so like a week ago. What is that? Um, the the um, really, it's just like the usual story, long lost treasure, what have you. Um, nothing, nothing spectacular. There's one. There's two notable actors in the movie. Um, the lead is played by Lisette Oliveira. Uh, then we have Linda, Lyndon Smith, London Smith, uh, Catherine Zeta Jones, Justin Bartha, Zuri Reed, Harvey Keitel, who's got like a very, very small part. Um, Jake Austin Walker, Antonio Cipriano, Jordan Rodriguez, Brina Wool. Um, there, there's a, there's a lot, the rest of them. We don't really, it's not people that I've seen anywhere, but, um, something about, Aztec treasure when the Europeans came over and the treasure was secreted off somewhere and some by some like tribe and it the Freemasons find out about it somehow always the Freemasons but it's never explained like just somehow like the Freemasons found out about it. And now the Aztec treasure is hidden here in America somewhere. And uh, so, like, my dad actually, when my dad passed, I actually found a Freemason pin amongst his stuff. Oh, interesting. Does that mean he's part of like an international conspiracy? Like, that he just didn't get a chance to tell me? Or did he just have a random Freemason pin? You you have to solve a series of Da Vinci like codes. I do. Yeah. First, guys, we need to steal the Constitution. (laughs) <laughs> or the Declaration yeah. of Independence or something. Uh, oh my god. I literally did not get through an entire episode. Wow. Yeah, I could not I couldn't do it. It was so bad. I I feel bad, but it was just so poorly done, poorly written. Hmm. Just kind of confusing. Um it it sounds like it's more for kids too because they went with like it, a it, younger cast. There is a much younger cast and but even I would argue even the like especially the original movie, it had like that humor to it where it was it wasn't aimed necessarily for, you know, anyone over thirty or even anyone over twenty five. Um this just feels like very, very it's aimed toward like a high school crowd, maybe. I don't know. Um it's very up to date as far as throwing in like just certain things that were said. Uh, um they made like there's one reference to somebody's wearing his Air Jordan Air Force Ones, um, you know stuff like that. But it was it's updated, but it's it's hokey. It bears almost no resemblance to the originals, 
other than, you know, some lost treasure and then the Freemasons. Right. Just this time it's open up like a a crypt and Nicolas Cage is going to be in there. Right. (laughs) Like like still alive or just all crazy having like subsisted only on like eating rats. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Um, it was just, it's just hard to watch and it's disappointing. It's, it's not even angry anymore. I'm just disappointed about, uh, how poorly it was done. I'm not upset. I mean, it's, it's, it's really that bad. That's, that's where it went. And I tried, like I, I restarted and I was like, all right, maybe I wasn't paying attention. Maybe I should go back and see what he's talking about. Nope. It just, so, Oh, it was just just bad. Young adult treasure hunting show. Like Mm -hmm. some of these shows that like you, you posed this last week or maybe two weeks ago, Rob with Willow, like, uh, huh. Who is the target audience for some of these shows? Because yeah. like Willow is needs to market itself specifically to all of the people that found Willow when it first came out, and then the ten to fifteen years when it became a little bit more of a cult classic. Mm-hmm. Not towards the you know eighteen year olds that some of the language and some of the scripting was written for. The, um, yeah, the eighteen year olds of today, because, because they're not the ones who are going to be tuning in for Willow. Yeah, it's going to be people that are older that watch the original and then are going to bring the rest of the audience in, which hap- which I feel has happened fairly organically with things like Stranger Things. Yeah. Like most of the people that love Stranger Things weren't even alive in the 80s. But when we watch it, we're like, oh my God, it reminds me of we used to ride around on our bikes and there was that one weird neighbor and blah, blah, blah. Um, but they stayed authentic towards that era and Willow didn't and then... This seems, as you described it, it seems a little bit more like hokey or a mess. And that's that that's how National Treasure came off too, hokey. And that's, yeah, that's what I was saying. I was saying yeah. that National Treasure seemed more like the way you described it seemed hokey, kind of a mess. I kind of want. Oh, watch I thought it, you meant but... Willow. I thought you meant Willow. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say Willow is hokey or a mess. It's just oh, oh, it's oh, just tonally, it's tonally like ten yeah, degrees right. off. Yeah, it's totally different than what the original was. And th- so is this one largely. They try to sort of recreate it, but it's they're they they're clearly going for a a a younger audience, a teen audience. It's very even some of the phrases they use, I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm um, very, very intri- intrigued, concerned, whatever is what's going on with the streaming stuff. Because there's a lot of turmoil in the streaming world right now. Um, they officially pulled Westworld tonight from hmm. HBO Max, so I will never get. I mean, I might eventually get to see it, but I will probably never see season four because it's not on HBO Max anymore, and I'm not going to run out and buy it. Um, no. And then Directv just lost uh, Sunday Ticket. Really? Which, yeah. Which I've been waiting people... for that to happen. Is there any word on what they plan on doing? Uh, YouTube got it. YouTube TV got it. Um, there has been no announcements as to what people want, but they are hoping this is there's this is all internet commenters, so I have no idea if it's true or not that you could actually pay lesser fee and just pick one team. Oh, all I'm teams. all over that shit. Yeah, like I would do that. Oh, see, they're gonna do it right. I think Directv. That, again, that's one hundred percent rumor. Yeah, 
they're um but they won the bidding for at least seven years um but like what's that going to do to direct tv i mean people are like there's a lot of people that probably a significant amount that only have direct tv for that and that's also their little like calling card like you know if you renew this year we'll give you a free year of direct uh, like every time i call them to complain if you complained like every other year i would get free sunday ticket well and the other thing the other thing is is how is that going to work for bars now? Like, yeah, like the bars that actually have like all of the satellite dishes and all of that shit. Um, wow. And can they can they stream that many games at one time? You know, do they have that kind of an internet pool? Ooh, that ooh. Mm. That could be disastrous for some for some uh, for some businesses. Yeah, I don't. I it's true. I don't know what. Um, and they'll probably have a year to figure it out, maybe. Mm-hmm. But when I, did I when did they, what year did they lose it starting? Do they have it next year or? Yeah, I, that I don't know. But the the announcement was today. Oh okay. So like, I don't know enough about the streaming stuff, but like, I think when it all started. I think for me, my initial thought was, wow, this is – they're coming up with a lot of really expensive shows. And then my thought was, well, there's no middleman. You know, It wasn't like you pay DirecTV and then DirecTV gives a dollar of all of your money spent to Disney and you know all that kind of stuff. But now you're seeing the sheer amount of loss that some of these companies are taking. You're like, okay, maybe my thoughts weren't too far off. They, they can't be – Doing all this stuff, and then all the now they're starting to pull stuff, and it's like, well, why get the streaming service? Like, what's left on these shows if they start pulling things like HBO is? Well, and that's why what would I I? that's what I don't understand. I mean, I can understand canceling a show and not producing any more of it, but to completely pull it from your network so that nobody can even watch it anymore—that seems that seems dumb because then you are not you're not being able to utilize the revenue that you've already put into the show to potentially make you more because if that show is going to draw somebody in and make them want to watch, you know, I mean, yeah. Well, I I mean, in the case, in this case, it's, you know, you, you have a certain, a certain amount of money each month that comes in from the subscribers and those people are locked in and whatever they watch, they have to pay the, the, you know, uh, residuals and the percentage to the writer and the director and the actors and all that stuff. So they have to find, they're trying to find this balance of like, how much can we pull off before we get to the point of, you know, where subscribers start leaving. And because every time someone watched Westworld, they had to pay some money to them. And so they went in there. Remember the guy is, that is running everything is notoriously cheap. He's the, the discovery channel shit person. So, I, I but I don't of course see the numbers, but there's got to be a thing, and it's like I know they keep on producing content so that you keep on watching. Because um, I know I, I run through all of my like services to see what's new each week, mm-hmm. um, and if I don't see anything new, then I just move on to the next one, and that's what they don't want you to do. Because eventually, people someone will be like, "Well, I haven't opened up Paramount Plus or HBO Plus in." A month. Why am I keeping this? 
I don't know. It continues to be a very, very weird world. Um, Not a weird world. Where are we at here? Oh, a weird world, which leads me to weird. <laughs> the Al Yankovic story. Ooh. Boom. Solid segue. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, Christmas is the time that I get a chance to catch up on all of the stuff that I didn't get a chance to watch um, or forgot to watch, and this um, came out on October 6th. And it is uh, directed by Eric Apple, uh, starring everyone. Like, let's let's go down the list here, um, which I, of course, my dumbass clicked off of. So let me uh, go to that. Uh, it's got... Cameos galore. It's got Diedrich Bader. He's the um, the grizzled narrator, officially what he's called. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe <laughs> um, is Weird Al. Lynn Manuel Miranda. Um, Rain Wilson as Doctor Demento. I'm re- I'm reading off the people that are like actual like real people, but being played. Uh, Toby Huss, Thomas Lennon from uh, Reno 911, and other things. Um, let's see, Scott Ackerman. Jonah Ray from Mystery Science Theater. Uh, Weird Al Yankovic. Will Forte. Patton Oswalt. Michael McKean. Yeah, Dimitri Martin. Conan O'Brien. Emo Phillips. Jack Black. David Dasmalchin. Do you know who that is? No. He's the, he was the spot in uh, Suicide Squad. Oh, okay. And he was also... Oh, that's funny. Uh, Josh Groban. Seth Green. Um... There's just, just so many people. Um, Jimmy Walker Jr.? I don't think that's the same Jimmy Walker. But anyway. That's funny. Um, so here it is. It's interesting. This is, a, of course, it is a Weird Al Yankovic movie. It is a parody of uh, rock and roll mo- movies, like the Elton John one or the or uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, any of those kind of movies. So, But the problem is, is Weird Al didn't have that kind of life. He didn't. He's not devoutly religious, but he grew up in a fairly religious household, so he doesn't really swear. He doesn't really get into the the sex stuff. Like, you know, he's not going to have a sex tape released. But if he did, I'd be there. <laughs> You'd um, be in it. Uh, yeah, I'd be in it, actually. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's just so you know, he never had that moment of like where he did something that was like completely shitty and people hate him for it. So they kind of made a fake movie of his life, and they followed the the template of the the regular rockumentary or the oh that's what was that show on VH1 that like everything would be going great and then they'd play like the down music and be like and then the drugs took hold isn't that where are they now something like that yeah or something like that inside the music yeah that's what it was Was inside inside the the music. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. Like, Motley Crue is riding high, and then Nirvana broke. Um, anyway, so <laughs> a synopsis, which I kind of went past, it explores every facet of Yankovic's life, from his meteoric rise to fame with early hits like Eat It and Like a Surgeon, to his torrid celebrity, celebrity love affairs and famously depraved lifestyle. Um, so the first part, true. Second part, not so true. Um, the The whole movie feels like some of the sequences in UHF. To me. Okay. Like, where, like, when he's dreaming of certain stuff where you kind of know he's dreaming. Um, it just, it kind of feels like that. Like, he gets invited to a party 
and that's where he meets like everybody. So he's just he's like, I want to be a parody musician, and he goes to a party, and like Devo is there, and Doctor Demento, and Salvador oh, Dali, yeah. um, and uh, well, they wrote down whoever who was here. Um, let's see, where was it? I thought I got it all. Oh well, maybe I didn't. But um. Yeah, so it's like all sorts of people like that. That's where a lot of those celebrity cameos come in. They're all playing some other like person. But um the it is kind of funny. Um I did it's one of those that you can kind of start and stop at any time and just kind of re- watch in the background, which is kind of what I was doing. The it starts off where he you know is his dad wants him to work at the factory and as uh, Tad is played by Toby Huss, who you've probably known. He always he's like a Dude with like a really thick Texas accent and always plays like a hard ass. Um, but he, uh, you know, he's like, "You're gonna you're gonna work at the factory," and then he sees him playing an accordion and then like smashes it and you know, kind of <laughs> goes like all that. But like none of that's true. And I was telling uh, Rob the other day on the phone that like I'm actually surprised that they did that because they made it seem like his parents were completely like not supportive, and it's completely exact opposite. And it's because parents bought him his first accordion from a traveling salesperson, of all things. Can you imagine if a traveling salesperson showed up to your door selling accordions? <laughs> hey, look what I got. What is that? There's a 100% chance that my ass would buy an accordion. Just just so I could tell everyone, you know where I got this thing? I got it from a traveling salesman. <laughs> yeah. That's you know so there's still traveling salesmen? Uh, but, like, his... Weird Al's parents like died from carbon monoxide poisoning from an accident, and they were, by all accounts, just fun, sweet, you know, Midwest family. You know, wait, that really happened? Yeah. Holy shit! Okay. Uh, right before his last big album kind of broke, but um, yeah. And then I didn't he know if did, that was and, one of those things for the movie. No, so like that actually was real. Uh, he broke fairly quickly. With, um, I think it was like a sur. No, it wasn't like a surgeon. It was uh, another one rides the bus. I think was the first big hit, possibly. Yeah, I think like a surgeon is was a, he Later. was already like known. Yeah. And then uh, he broke on Doctor Demento, which is like a radio show. We played a bunch of weird, weird stuff. Um, but they do like all they they do all the typical things, like you know the the band they get accidentally booked into like this violent biker bar with like the the cage in front of the stage. And people are smashing bars <laughs> and stuff. Didn't he break with uh, Eat It and Fat? Weren't those like his his breakthrough? No, he broke a few years before then. Oh, he, okay. he broke mainstream then, but he was... He was already a thing. Yeah, that was like his second album. Because he did um, Yoda before then, too. <laughs> yeah. That's I all from the same album. Yoda. Yeah. Um, that's from Dare to be Stupid. I have that. I had that record, actually. That was all like a surgeon and Yoda. Um, yeah. And it was also that song, the opening song that was this, the in the opening sequence to the movie Johnny Dangerously. Yes. That was also him. That was on that album. Yeah. Pretty so good record, like, actually. Yeah, so he like breaks. And basically the plot of this movie is him starting off. He, he you know, he plays, uh, they're like, if you're so smart, you know, do... Play a, make up a song, and he plays I Love Rocky Road, uh, which at the biker bar, everyone, of course, gets into it, and then <laughs> then they show him, like, becoming a star, and then um, Madonna 
hears about the um, the Weird Al bump, which is actually a real thing, where anything that Weird Al makes makes the original song start selling more, so she becomes obsessed with them. And of course, it's not real Madonna, but like the movie definitely puts a lot of Madonna in it. She like, <laughs> she, like throws herself at him, and like I forget who plays Madonna. It's actually a big star. I don't know if you guys want to look that up. Um, Oh, it's Evan, it's Evan Rachel Wood, speaking of Westworld. Ah, there it is. Hmm. She plays um, Madonna? Okay. Yeah, and she, but she's yeah, ah. like obsessed, and she's like, you know, doing all sorts of, like, trying to get him to do all sorts of weird sex stuff. And, of course, if this was a real music thing, he would, like, turn his back on his band and, like, I'm going to go solo, and I'm going to do this. And so he has a meltdown in Miami uh, where he uh, breaks down and says, tells the, the crowd, you're all slaves. In Miami, oh, that's funny. Good. Of course, right? The whole yeah. Jim Morrison thing. The, yeah, and he starts taking off his pants. And... <laughs> they as soon as that? you said Miami, I, I mm-hmm. had a had a. They feeling. did that whole thing, and then, um, and then Madonna gets pissed that that he turned his back on her. Madonna like basically tries to kill him. And the movie, it is one of those movies where it starts at the end, and then okay, you see um, Weird Al like is as he's flatlining. And then he like wakes up. He's like, "I've got more to do," and, and kind of tells the story. <laughs> so it turns, so it turns out that Weird Al is in the it, it, spoiler. Uh, Weird Al is killed by Madonna in this movie. She goes to visit him in the grave and at the grave, and of course, you get the Carrie parody with the hand bursting through and grabbing her. Oh, um, it's ridiculous. It's you ha- definitely have to be in the mood to like see ridiculousness, but it's it was fun. I enjoyed it. And I really liked all the cameos and. You could just tell they were all having fun when making it. They filmed it in like 18 days or something. Oh, wow. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I think it's on Hulu, maybe? I'll have to I'll look. You can talk about other stuff while I look. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the question is, is do we, I mean, do we want me to just ramble a little bit about Avatar The Way of Water, or do you guys want to see it, and maybe we can address it next week or something? I would just ramble now. Yeah, I would ramble. I am eventually, eventually going to see it, but um, I don't know when. And I'm I, the, only... next, the next episode, if I'm assuming we're going to do it, is going to be our best of the year stuff. Okay. Our top fives of the year. Well, which yeah. we don't usually get a chance to talk about anything else, so. Avatar The Way of Water was released on December 12th of 2022. It's, again, directed by James Cameron, and it does star... Uh, we've got some returning actors. We've got Sam Worthington, Joey, or Zoe Saldana. Joey Saldana. Zoe Saldana. Uh, Sigourney it's, uh, but Sorry, I'm, I'm cutting in right now. It is uh, free on the Roku channel. You do not have to have a Roku. You just can download the free app and watch it there. Hi. I'm done now. Sigourney Weaver, <laughs> Stephen Lang, Kate Winslet, Cliff Curtis, Joel David Moore, CCH Pounder. That wow. That sounds like a made-up name. Edie Falco, Brendan Cowell, Jermaine Clement, Jamie Flatters, Britton Dalton, Trinity Jolie Bliss, Jack Champion, Bailey Bass, and Philip Gelgio. Uh, the the basic story is Jake Sully lives with his newfound family formed on the extrasolar moon Pandora. Once a familiar threat returns to finish what was previously started, Jake must work with Neytiri and the army of the Navi race to protect their home. So, I mean, I actually really, really enjoyed this movie. 
Um, it's big. It's pretty. It's long. Yes, I'm old, and my bladder didn't make it through with the trough of coke that they upsold me. Um, but the the movie was enjoyable. Um, the the plot really wasn't too far out. They didn't they didn't go too too outlandish with it. There were a couple of points during the movie that I was like, "Now wait a minute, why why are we doing this? This doesn't." But I mean, it didn't take me too far out. Like one one of the big questions I kept asking myself is, why did they spend all this money just to go kill Jake Sully? Because it's it the initially it made it seem like they simply planned this excursion to Pandora strictly to kill Jake Sully. Because that was literally all they focused on. And I'm like, that's a shitload of money to spend to just go get revenge on one dude. Right? A lot of logistical nightmares. But as the movie goes on, they kinda they kind of hint at and they kind of they kind of talk about, you know, other operations that are going on on the planet of Pandora. They've got this whaling operation that, you know, makes them crap loads of money. Um, you know, and they're obviously still trying to plunder the planet. And Jake Sully is essentially the lead of the resistance. He knows, you know, their tactics. He knows what they do and he knows how to fight them. And he's already organized the Navi once to kind of push them back. So they, I, I guess they kind of focus more on this hit squad, basically, that they send out to try and kill Jake Sully. Because he's he's causing problems. Um, the other the other big question I had was that Jake just kind of you know he's he's adopted these people as his new family. He's you know he's kind of integrated himself with the Navi and kind of made himself part of their culture and their, and you know he he's become their chieftain so to speak. And, you know, when his family is threatened, he just packs up and runs away from everything. And I'm like, I mean, is that really how that goes down? I mean, they, he, he just, he just tucks tail and runs. He abdicates the, the chieftainness, the, the chieftain throne, his title, <laughs> whatever. And, um, he basically goes into hiding and I'm like, Okay, well, that that makes him seem like a whole lot less of a leader. But, I mean, I guess they're going with the whole, you know, protect your family angle. Um, but then when they find them where they're hiding, it's it's he brings a whole nother group of, of Na'vi into his battle and more of them die. And it's like, well, that didn't really accomplish anything. You just moved the battlefield. You didn't really change the battle. You just moved the battlefield. So, I mean, th- there were some parts where I was like, what? But all in all, I mean, it, it's a very pretty movie. It's it's very entertaining. It's got a lot of really good special effects. The graphics, the story is engaging. Um, I mean, if you liked the first one, you'll like the second one. It, it, it's enjoyable. Absolutely. I did rewatch the first one. And? And... You know, I haven't watched it in a while. Uh, that movie's weird for me, to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, I I got totally caught up in the hype uh, from the very beginning. I never liked the design of the Avatar dudes, the of the Navi, Navi. people. Um, that just the actual overall character design didn't do much for me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Except for Sigourney Weaver's midriff. Ah. Uh, but, you know, and plus, uh, you know, they have sex with their tails. Just mm-hmm. weird. They have um, sex with their tails! Listeners, if you can email us what that means, I'll send you a sticker. Where, where that joke comes from. At least where we know it from. It might be somewhere else. Uh, anyway, um, so there was that, but I totally saw that movie in the theater multiple times. I was amazed at the the overall visuals, and you know, as some of you know, that's what I do, 3D graphics, so I was amazed. And when I watched it again, it still holds up fairly well. Now, I do understand that most of the characters in there are over-the-top stereotypes and things we've all seen before. You know, the the gung-ho military guy that wants to kill everything and the the shady businessman which is you know basically paul reiser's character right out of uh, aliens and all that kind of stuff and i always point out because so many people are unaware and i'm like it is a complete ripoff of fern gully yep yep fern gully can you have you cut out there but yeah you're not wrong the the last rainforest and and i've i've described it a couple of times because i actually recognized it when i saw the movie there is a scene that I kid you not is just about shot for shot from Fern Gully. And it's the scene where he's fighting that, where he's like raging against the deforester. Uh, the, okay. Yeah. Where he like climbs up and then smashes the camera. Right. And they freeze frame it on him and you see it. And that's exactly how, that's exactly how that scene goes down in Fern Gully. When he's like, when he's like shrunk down to the size of, of the fairy or whatever. And he's like trying to beat up the bulldozer, and they've got a camera on the bulldozer, and he takes out the camera that's on top of the bulldozer, but they got a close up shot of him, and they recognize him, and they're like, "Oh, that's so and so." I mean, literally, that's the exact scene from Fern Gully. That's funny. I have to watch Fern Gully. I've heard it's pretty good, actually. It's not bad. Um, Robin Williams. So yeah, amazing. but I guess you know this was this was kind of a long segue, but I I was amazed at how well Avatar hung up. Uh, held up when it came to some of the the visuals mm-hmm. um so i am very interested in seeing it again watched it with my kid i was a little worried that with the three hours he's gonna be a little bit bored but um he seemed to be really into it i was definitely into the big battle scenes um and uh it's weird when you haven't when you've seen something when you see something a bunch and then like i hadn't seen it in i don't know seven years ten years and then like i had the same thoughts at certain scenes like, and it was like this weird deja vu that I was like, oh, I thought that the first time. Like, I'm always completely taken, I think, with the part when the when they're stealing the ships, the flight things, and um, What's-His-Face runs out of the the control panel without his oxygen mask on, and just, like, starts unlo- unloading uh, the bad guy, starts shooting at them. And I was like, I just had the same exact, like, thought then that I did, like, ten years later. It's like, I guess I don't change. Um, I'm real. I am actually excited to see the new one. I just have not had a chance because uh, I've been in window hell. So. Window hell. Yes. Fair enough. But I but I'm I definitely real- recommend it. It was it was a good movie, and if uh, like I said, if you like the first one, you'll like this one. Go check it out. I did see. Oh, that was the other thing I want to ask people. I've heard a lot of people say that like this is the type of movie that brings movie ba- movies magic back to the theater. Like that, people. It's a big movie that warrants seeing a big movie in on a big screen. Um, is that accurate, or is that just marketing speak? 
um, that that this one is worth going to see in the theater. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Basically. Absolutely. Absolutely. This one. This one is a is a go see it. Go see it in IMAX, and I might even recommend IMAX 3D. Whoa. Interesting. Am I the only one that hasn't seen the first one? Yes, actually, literally the I only. I think one. I am the only person left. The only when I showed it to my child. In the world. Yeah, that's fair. So James Cameron also made the Terminator, is going to or Terminator Two, actually both of them, is going to send a Terminator back in time to kill you for not having seen Avatar. So you might want to get on that. <laughs> I it's not I'm not like opposed to it. It just never sort of happened. <laughs> you know. A pop, I believe that phrase is a pop culture blind spot. Oh, which is which? Well. Actually, I do want um, to discuss someday on the podcast where, like, what pop culture blind spots do we have? Right, that Titanic. Wow. You never seen Titanic? Nope. I finally saw Home Alone yesterday, which you knew because you called me. Mm-hmm. But interesting. What do you think? Uh, for Home Alone? Yeah, I was uh, pretty much. I got everything from the commercials. Yep. Um, Absolutely. But it was a it was a fun, sweet little movie. Um, well, the kid was kind of a dick. Bet. Like the way, he's, the way he's talking to his mom. I'm like, oh my god. Um, and there was there was a whole national scene treasure, Catherine O'Hara, where they home alone to the bad guys. Yeah. Um, I did see a a thing on uh, what's that show? Uh, MythBusters, I think, where they they like proved that most of the traps would have killed the robbers. Yeah. Um, Particularly the part where he opens the door and gets the torch to the head and doesn't and like stands there screaming instead of jumping back, or when the like iron gotten, falls on his head. Yeah, he would have gotten severely burnt, like <laughs> like like skin blister, like cooking, like cooking his brain because he stood there for so long. But anyway, so that was Avatar. Uh, do we have questions prepared? That takes us to the end. It does I'm scrolling down to see if I actually got all five. I did get all five. It does take us to the end. And we had we had a couple of thoughts. I mean, initially we thought about trying to do our favorite parodies. Um, that was proving Christmas to be songs. excessively difficult. Our, our favorite pari- parodies of Christmas songs, yes. That was proving... So really the only one is uh, Jingle Bells, Batman Smells. No, no. There's, there's uh, you know, the Redneck 12 Days of Christmas. There's the 12 Pains of Christmas. There's... There's other ones out there, um, but it was so limited in the actual ones that fell under the Christmas song parody categories that, I mean, it would have opened it up had we done, you know, songs about Christmas that were parodies of other songs or that, you know, that were to the tunes of other songs, but it it just got to be too complex. So we just did uh, funny Christmas songs. Yes, we did change that on the fly. So I'm sneaking. I have a sneaking suspicion that I'm forgetting some. But oh, if no I did doubt. forget some, make sure that you email us and tell us that we forgot some. Uh, give me five podcast at gmail dot com. But I will go first since I'm already ra- already rambling. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Going to go ahead with uh, a few honorable mentions. Uh, the Chipmunks song. Uh, I love it. That's one of the few that I do listen to every year um, because of the way they say hula hoop and the way my adorable wife sings along with it. And she says hula hoop and it's <laughs> the cutest thing ever. Um, so and I got to go with Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. That's, I believe that's also a Dr. Demento situation by Elmo and Pat, Patsy. And uh, the Hanukkah song, not a Christmas song, 
so it couldn't get in my list, but both versions, hilarious. So, my funniest Christmas songs, um, I do like You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, as my number five. Okay. Um, because I do, especially now, where I like the fact that, like, you know, basically there's a dude singing about what, like, an asshole this dude is. He's just, you know, everything he's doing, this guy's singing about how much of a dick he is. Uh, number four, Mr. Hanky, The Christmas Pooh from South Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, number mm-hmm. three, thematically, sticking thematically, The Night Santa Went Crazy by Weird Al. <laughs> nice. Uh, number two, one I just I just actually found it, and it made me laugh out loud. Uh, that's Fuck Christmas by Eric Idle. Uh, as I said before, very earnest, very funny, very, very British. Uh, well, and number one is new, and I usually don't do the new stuff, but... Um, that is, I don't know what Christmas is, but Christmas time is here by the old ninety sevens from the Guardians of the Galaxy thing. Oh, um, nice! It just it's fun. hilarious and catchy. So you know, just, right. uh, you have to listen to it. Just be aware it's kind of weird, but it's funny. And my kids been running around the house singing it, which is hilarious. Nice. Yeah. So someone. Omar, you want to go next, or you want me to go? Um, I'll I'll uh, I'll knock it out real quick, no problem. Um, as usual, I cheated. I do only have five. I don't have like twenty. Um, but my number five is the Hanukkah song. Cause I mean, come on. Uh, number four. <laughs> I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna say the name first. It's by Sarah Silverman. It's called Give the Jew Gifts. <laughs> Give the Jew Girl Gifts or something? Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. I believe that's the actual title. Yeah. Um, which is fantastic. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of Garfunkel and Oates. Yeah. The daughters of Art Garfunkel and... Um, well, not really, but... No, that's their... Um, that's their like fake. Thing. Their shtick, yeah. But anyway, so they do these great like acoustic, uh, like little ditties, or they're super funny. So they have one called Present Face. Um, let's see, that's number two, Baby Boomer Santa from from the show Community. It's like it's like one of the little musical numbers they do, and it's pretty great. And uh, number one, I went traditional. Well, for me, traditional. Grandma got run over by a reindeer <laughs> because go. you know what I mean? It's classic. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. Can't go wrong. Yeah. I got, do you know Garfunkel notes, Rob? Have you heard of them? I do not. Uh, I don't know which one is which, but um, either Garfunkel or Oates is the blonde. Uh, I don't, you probably haven't watched it yet. Have you watched Wednesday yet? Uh, like one episode. So she's the blonde uh, psychology or psychologist, therapist lady. That's the girl. Uh, That's the, the tall blonde yeah, Rick, is from Garfunkel. Yeah, Ricky Lin- is is Ricky Linhome and Kate Micucci. Um, you've probably seen her too. She's the she has like, she's a little short bob hair. Yeah, she's really thin. Has like giant eyes. And I believe she was um, for a little while. She was on uh, uh, the uh, I want to say Third Rock from the Sun, but that's not a Big Bang Theory. Was she? She was on that for she was on that for oh, a little while. Okay, well, the Raj's girlfriend. That, yeah. Yes, I believe so. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. But they they do like little comedy stuff, but it's yeah. it's funny. They're funny. Nice. They're they're really good. Well, I'll go ahead and give you my five. 
Um, I do have an honorable mention or two. The um, I I got to throw a country song in, so I'm gonna mention Leroy the Redneck Reindeer as a uh, <laughs> as a uh, honorable mention. I got to throw in the Hanukkah song. It I know it's not a Christmas song, but it it is it is one of those ones that comes up every year. Um, but at number five, I actually worked at a Weird Al song in here. It was not the same Weird Al song that Greg had, however. Ooh, interesting. Mine was Christmas at Ground Zero. Oh my God! I've, how the hell did I forget about that? It's Christmas uh, yeah. at Ground Zero. Uh, the button has been pressed. Yeah. The radio uh, just let us know that <laughs> this is not a test. <laughs> um, I totally forgot about. That. Damn it! At number four, I've got Christmas time is killing us, and that's from the Family Guy Christmas special. Yeah, it's. It's ridiculously catchy. If so, if you haven't seen Christmas Time is Killing Us, it's it's about um, Santa and the elves are killing themselves because of consumerism in the world and how the demands of everyone on the planet have gone up, and Santa and the elves are just killing themselves trying to keep up with the demand of toys and and Christmas time requests or whatever. It's really good. Um, at number three, I've got Mister Hanky. Mr. Hanky, the Christmas poo, he loves me and I love you. At number two, I've got Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Absolute classic, needs to be up in at least the top three. My number one, though, um, I laugh every time I listen to the song as the, as the song progresses. And that's the uh, Twelve Pains of Christmas. Have you guys heard that song? No. Sounds very familiar. It's the one where the um like day uh the first thing at Christmas that's such a pain to me is finding a Christmas tree. Um but they mention a whole bunch of things. Like the second one is <clears throat> rigging up the lights. And as the song progresses, each time they come back past the guy at number two rigging up the lights, he gets more and more aggravated and more and more aggressive. <laughs> where until finally at the end of the song he just slams his hand down and he's like fine you're so smart you rig up the lights <laughs> because That's at really some fun. point i think everybody has had the frustration because one of the other ones they get to, they get to you know the second day the second thing of christmas and he's like now why the hell are they blinking <laughs> <laughs> somebody get a flashlight i blew a fuse <laughs> that's really funny and it, it just, just as the song progresses, it gets more and more ridiculous, and it's just, yeah. So that's my number one. I just uh, saw there was a notification from like the Washington State uh, Indigenous Bird Society or something like that that was like, please remember that giving rare birds as Christmas gifts is not a uh, is not a good idea and can be illegal because <laughs> of all the the birds given in uh, Twelve Days of Christmas. Oh, oh my god, wow, that's really, really funny. Is it people really do that? Bird that you can't give away? I don't know. Were you getting me one for Christmas? Maybe. <laughs> well, not if it's illegal. I like that stopped you before. Talk giving you someone a bird is just such a rough move. Here, take care of this. <laughs> yeah, do, you, do you hate me? <laughs> yeah, take care of this fucking thing for the next sixty years. Good luck. Now you probably ah. saw, but many, many years ago, there was a. Uh, one of those like emails that went around to everybody and it was a woman slowly breaking down because her boyfriend kept on giving her birds and shit. Like my house is now full of bird poop. There's like 
these lords leaping and I don't even know what that means. <laughs> like the rings were nice, but the... I don't even know what the rings. <laughs> and on the 13th day of Christmas, we've got a listener list from Alec, our patron of unusual size. Here's Alec. Hey, Yumi five podcast. It's Alec. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy holidays. All that stuff. All right. Um, for the top five Christmas songs, honorable mention, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Just that's a pretty original request. And I did uh, do Adam Sandler's Hanukkah song. It would have been higher, but you said Christmas song, so I, but I still wanted to, admit, uh, wanted to mention it. All right, uh, top five. Number five, Father Christmas by the Kings. I just think that song is funny. You know, basically threatening to beat up Santa Claus. I like it. Number four is ironically funny. That's Do They Know It's Christmas Time? Or unironically funny, I guess. Um, the lyrics are pretty hysterical, not on purpose. It's It's a pretty dated song. I don't know. Um, if maybe they would rethink some of the lyrics there, but I think it's a funny song. Number three, song I never heard till this year on the Christmas radio. I'm I'm getting nothing for Christmas, which is like I'm getting nothing for Christmas. Some little kids from the I don't know 30s or 40s singing it. It made me laugh, it made my kids laugh. Number two is Dominic the Donkey, the Italian Christmas donkey. I just want to know how they came up with that. And then, I mean, the number one, it's hard to argue with Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. The song that I thought was really funny as a kid, and I heard the lyrics uh, recently, and it's even funnier as an adult. So that's my top five. Hope you like it. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Thanks. Bye. And Merry Christmas to you as well, Alec. Thank you for another wonderful list. That's pretty Anyway. Funny. Indeed. That takes us out of here. It does take us out of here. It does take us out of here. Omar, how can they get in touch with us? Uh, let's see. They can go to gimme5podcast.com. Oh, tell Greg why he sucks. Um, you can follow us on Facebook by searching for the at give me five podcast. Give me five pod at Twitter and Instagram. Was Twitter still on there? Or, um, of course, me, you can search for the give me five podcast and go to Twitter and Instagram at give me five pod. That's what I said. <laughs> that's not what I said. I know. Um, we knew what you meant. <laughs> By the way, when you're typing in five, it's F-I-V-E, not the number five, please. And you can leave us a review on <clears throat> iTunes or whichever other podcast app you happen to be using. Um, can we buy merchandise? And if so, where? We can at a significant discount from what these people can do. But <laughs> that's I didn't uh, mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, give me five podcasts.threadless.com. All sorts of fun merchandise out there. If you were looking for last minute Christmas gifts, you're probably too late. But you know, it can be a early New Year. That's really last minute. Yeah, I mean, like for example, there's um, everyone above Florida is freezing to death right now. I bet you wish you had a Give Me Five podcast hoodie with like well, the GI Joe logo on it. Yeah, maybe two of them. Then you can wear both of them, and you won't freeze to death. And you won't freeze to death. And then yeah, you'll quite literally chatting with someone right now who is in negative two degree weather that feels like negative twenty something degrees. And and, uh, and if you put a hoodie on regular and then put a hoodie on backwards you can not only display the wonderful give me five logo on your front and on your back but you can put <laughs> both hoods up over your head and encase your head like a taco well it is sure. cold so i was gonna, gonna say it look, would look like a piranha plant or or a little or a little pod plant <laughs> yeah. good ideas people go buy our stuff Give me five podcast dot uh, threadless dot com. And thanks well, for listening. That's going to do it for our show, guys. And remember, 
like I always say, Merry Christmas to all, and to all, go to bed because I need to come get presents for my family. There it is. To a time where we-